Cambodia. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Good morning, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to to your house. house. And peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. I do not think there's any other better day to preach this message that I'm about to preach. A message on succession, a message on legacy. We started a while ago with a series, Prophetic Progression and Apostolic Succession. Today, I'll be rounding up by God's grace with the title, Accurate Pattern for Apostolic Succession. Accurate Pattern for Apostolic Succession. In the earlier messages, I presented Moses to you, the servant of the Lord who knew God face to face. The Bible in Numbers chapter 12 describes Moses as the meekest man on the face of the earth. But the day came when this icon of a deliverer who brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and brought them to the promised land. Because many people said they didn't get there. It's because they didn't read their Bible well. He got to the promised land and it divided land to half of the two and a half tribes on this side of Jordan. He just did not cross Jordan. The day came when God said to him, Time up. Many, many people do not plan for succession as critical as it is. I sat with a man in Abuja, I will not tell you who he is, whether in the flesh and the spirit, that's my business. I sat with him in his home. And I said, what is going on with all these primaries? And he said, I tell you what, the governors want to cover their backside. That's why there's such severe battle going on. Brothers and sisters, succession is not only critical for families. It's very important for businesses for ministries, for government, 
and for nations. The recently concluded primaries here in our clan you saw succession war clearly. But as important as succession is in families and this in that, my main concern this morning is to showcase Moses and the congregation in the wilderness. I've seen battles fought when general superintendents, general overseers, when they die, and you see all kinds of cases in court, and you wonder, are these ones Christians? And I've seen families also, rich families, big families, take their dirty linings into the court of law and make newspapers sell fast as they begin to punch themselves over what somebody else labored for and left behind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15 verse number 4, that whatever things were written before were written for a learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I want us to learn from Moses this morning and to apply to every area of life the lessons of succession. Numbers 27, I begin to read from verse number 12. Numbers 27, verse number 12, I'll read up to verse 23. Numbers 27, 12 to 23, he reads, and I quote, Now the Lord said to Moses, Go up into this Mount Abarim, and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother was gathered. For in the wilderness of Zin, during the strife of the congregation, you rebelled against my command to hallow me at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah. At Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Tell your neighbor, God is a record keeper. He will forgive you. He will love you. But he will make you pay sometimes for the consequences of your blunder. Because that's the only way others can learn. Then Moses spoke to the Lord saying, Let the Lord... The God of the spirits of all flesh set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them who may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight and you shall give some of your authority to him 
that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eleazar, the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. At his word, they shall go out, and at his word, they shall come in. He and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Amen. There are at least 10 critical points I would like to bring out of this passage and other related passages of the Bible. I'm making it so simple this morning. Point number one. Unless the leader has a clear picture, there is no future for the people he's leading. Unless the leader has a clear picture, there is no future for the people he's leading. Let's read Numbers 27 with that understanding, verses 12 and 13. Numbers 27, 12 and 13. Now the Lord said to Moses, Go up into this Mount Abarim and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you shall be gathered to your people. If the leader does not see the picture, there is no future for the people. Part of our problem here is that there are no visionary leaders who could capture what God has in store for our nation and who could begin to shape our nation in line with those visions. When the leader does not see the picture, the people have no future. Deuteronomy 34, verse 1 to 4. Deuteronomy 34, verse 1 to 4. Then Moses went up the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the western sea, the south, the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zohar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendant, I've caused you to see it, with your eyes. If the leader does not see it, the people have no future. I do not know what kind of spectacles it wore, but we understand from the scriptures that his natural force did not abate and his eyes did not wax dim. In split seconds, he could see all the land and even those who will occupy the land, Naphtali, Judah, Ephraim, what will belong to them? Do you understand me? The reason there's so much unhealthy competition and unhealthy rivalry in our land is there are no leaders with clear vision of how to apportion and appropriate what belongs to who to who. Therefore, you have ethnicism and you have people cornering the wealth of nations and you have people pocketing it because they do not understand that God gives power only for service. David said he perceived that God has exalted his kingdom on high for the sake of his people, Israel. If the leader does not see it, there is no future for the people. Point number two. 
nature abhors vacuum. If a leader is no more, another must be raised in his place, or else the people of the congregation may be like sheep which have no shepherd. Does it not surprise you that when God said to Moses, time up, Moses did not begin to whine and to complain and to murmur. And he just said, hey, there must be no vacuum. Show me the man you are going to set over them. Moses understood the office in your way. He also understood that it cannot be, you know, it will be a complete disaster and a waste of my life that if I drop today and you start fighting. I won't let that happen to me. Do you understand me? No way it won't happen here as the Lord lives. Why? Because everything has been done and will be done decently and in order as the Lord leads us. Nature abhors vacuum. Tell your neighbor that. If a leader is no more, another must be raised in his place. Or the people of the congregation will become sheep without shepherd. That's why pastors die and churches scatter. Because they never raised any leader that can stand in their place when they are no more. Point number three. It is very important that the new leader be integrated or commissioned in the lifetime of the outgoing leader. I can tell you this for free. One day in prayers, God showed Papa Kindayomi, the founder of Redeemed Christian Church of God, who will succeed him, what manner of person he will be, including how tall he will be, and where he will come from. And Papa was sitting in his office one day when a cousin of Pastor Deboe brought him to church for prayers. And eventually they brought him to Papa. As he stood before him, the Holy Spirit said to him, this is the man I spoke about. He wasn't born again at that time. He was looking for help. Part of the help he got with his PhD, somebody said to him to go and buy goat and drag it through market before they would sacrifice the goat. That was a kind of help until this is cousin, I think, engineer Fajemi Rokun, who was a pastor, brought him to meet Papa. He did not know he was meeting the shaper of his destiny and the one who would release him so that would be known because if he's, how many professors do you know? God is into succession. And those who are pastors before him, I'm not going to tell this story, I hope he will write his biography. How do you think 
They failed. When Papa said, this is the person. If we truly yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, it will show us things. Let me tell you. All the rancor, all the children for position is an exercise in futility. Because I know. And I'm not talking. Do you understand? You can do what you like. I know. And when that day comes, I'll tell you. And you'll see. I'm not an accident. I will not die in an accident. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Where we are going, we are just about starting the journey. Did Joshua know he would succeed Moses? Did he try to impress Moses? There were 12 leaders of equal status. They were all sent to go and spy. Two brought good report. Perhaps Caleb is about the same age or much older. Because 40 years I was and I think they were peers. But why not Caleb? Why Joshua? Say to your neighbor, Kubagira gira. Kubagira gira. Ungugu tolu wa yoshifumi. Kubagira gira. By means of strength shall no man prevail. It's very important that a new leader be inaugurated or commissioned in the lifetime of the outgoing leader. Whenever that happens, it forestalls every form of succession war. The type that would have happened at Nathan and Bathsheba, not not David, to bring Solomon to the throne in his lifetime. You can read First Kings chapter 1, verse 5 to 14, and then read the rest of the Palaba from verse 28 to 53. Nathan already got his chariots, got his plans, mapped out his strategy of succession. He was actually the clear king. The long live king. Adonijah. And Nathan said to Bathsheba, Etiemilu, are you still here? Said yes. You know, if Nathan ever became king they are, I don't beg your person if I don't ever became king they are going to dig your file you know how you got here but I know the promise the king made to you before the Lord that's why leaders must have confidence confidence that can be trusted we buy in Baba That's if Baba dies suddenly. He must have confidence. David was so old at this time that they needed to look for a woman to keep him warm. When Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, Bathsheba stepped in and said, My Lord the King, did you have you settled it that Nathan will be the next king? 
Adonijah, I don't remember his name well. Adonijah will be the next king. And what is going to happen to me and my son? You made a promise to me. I didn't know when the promise was made. I didn't know in what circumstances, and I'm not going there. But the Lord spoke to David that I know that a son will come from you. He will be a man of peace. I will call his name Jedida. He will be a man of rest, and he will build me a house. So they knew. And when Solomon was born, God said, this is the Jedida. Kiwidi. End of, you know, end of story. David got up. He said, call me Nathan. Nathan came in and said, uh, did you? I said, no, don't waste it. Oh, yeah, call this one. Call that one. Call that army leader. Oh, yeah. Let Solomon ride on my mule. Adonijah rode on his own chariots. Let him ride on my mule and take him to Gion. And when you get there, anoint him with oil and let him sit upon my throne. He didn't send for Adonijah. Why? Because Adonijah did not consult him. And when it was over, you know what Adonijah said to Solomon? (laughs) Are you ready for this? He said, all Israel expected me to be king. But it is yours from the Lord. You do not prosper by people's expectations. (laughs) And that's why I see what's going on in Ogun State and other states. I just laugh. One of the people concerned came home to meet me. Uh, he's, a, he's a relation, uh, kind of, and, and his wife was not one of the players. And so I said, I said, I've maintained a golden silence. Because in matters like this, it's better to keep quiet. And to my parija, it does do you know that Donaja invited all the princes except Solomon? So don't you understand why you've been excluded? It's because the seat is yours. That's why you have been excluded. That's why they are pushing you out. Don't compete. Don't fight them. You understand me? In the fullness of time, God will give you what is yours. Amen. The part of the river you drink will not flow past you. Just get there and put your cup. Can I hear? Amen. Amen. If proper succession is not put in place, succession will come. Point number what are we? Point number four. Point number four. Lessons on succession. It is improper to give leadership responsibilities to people without giving them authority to function. Leaders without authority are not obeyed. It's improper to give leadership responsibilities to people without giving them authority to function. Leaders without authority are not obeyed. In Numbers 27, 20 to 23, God Almighty said to Moses, Give him some of your authority. The problem is when you are given some authority, you want all. That disqualifies you. Function within the authority given you. And don't try to arrogate everything to yourself. Can I hear amen? Amen. 
Good. Number five. Inauguration sometimes may not be one time off or be one off. It's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. A second inauguration may follow depending on the magnitude of a person's assignment. If you read through Acts 2, 1 to 4, Acts 4, 31, Acts 9, 17, Acts 13, 8 to 12, all those places I mentioned, Acts 2, 1 to 4, Acts 4, 32, you will see the Holy Spirit filling and filling and people being filled and being filled again. I believe it is in line with that, Josh, with that, that Joshua received a second inauguration, but this time not by man. It was a second inauguration by God himself. It's, for, it's one thing for leadership to inaugurate you. It's another thing entirely for God to inaugurate you. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Verse 1 to 8. Deuteronomy 31, 1 to 8. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. He was not sick. God just said, time up. I also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. It will destroy these nations from before you and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you. See, that's good succession. I saw Luke 2 talking about Adebishe and passing the baton to him and saying Adebishe would take it higher. That's the way it should be. Let's read further. The Lord your God himself crosses before you. Joshua himself crosses over before you. Go on. Just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and all the kings of the Amorites and, and, and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and be of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For you must go with these people to the land where the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. Verse 8. And you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. Not be Can you see the leader who is going, encouraging the leader who is coming, and encouraging the people to support him? Verse 14. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourself in the tabernacle of meeting that I may inaugurate him. This is what most people don't wait for. That I may inaugurate him. That's why God would tell him later, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you, because God also inaugurated him. Verse 23. Verse 23. 
Then he, God, inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land of which I swore to them, and I will be with you. Point number six. The patience of Joshua. The patience of Joshua is commendable and I'm recommending it to everyone who is in supporting role today but who will likely be the leader tomorrow. Moses inaugurated Joshua before Eliezer. God inaugurated Joshua and said to Joshua, I'll be with you. And Joshua just patiently waited. You don't know what that does to you. Like David, you are anointed king in the midst of your brothers, but there's no throne. Don't you think you'll be now saying, ah, Moses has inaugurated me. God has inaugurated. What are we waiting for? This Moses, uh, let's, let's, let's. That's why it's disheartening when you begin to tamper with what the person before you has done. Even before you start breathing. Before you get in there. It's, it's, it's unfair. You just don't understand that there are issues involved. Joshua did not kill Moses. Joshua did not pray silently. It's my turn now. I've waited all this while. Look at the way I've been serving you. It's my turn right now. It's not your hundred weight. Look, that you are given some authority does not mean that you have all authority. <laughs> and how you use the little you are given will determine whether you make it eventually or not. You are not there yet. You are trampling on everybody. So what are you going to do when you get all power? What's going to happen? Many people will fail the test of leadership that Joshua passed. After all, God has inaugurated me too. Uh-huh. So, what is it? In fact, we don't know when God inaugurated you, Moses. We were not there, he just told us. But mine was done before all. Number six is very important for the new leader already inaugurated once or twice in, in the lifetime of his predecessor to hear directly from God on how to proceed with his leadership responsibilities. Very important. 
after dinner, you must hear from God directly how to proceed. And in Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 to 6, let's read that, Joshua 1, 1 to 6. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, (laughs) it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Despite the two inaugurations, up till this time, he was still the servant of Moses. If he's ever going to become the servant of the Lord, he must be loyal to the one who was asked to inaugurate him. And God said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the soul of your food will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, tell your neighbor, government leadership is a continuum. The problem of Nigeria is IBB's wife will start better life for rural women and uh, Abacha's wife will start better women for rural life. (laughs) There's no continuum here. You just stop arbitrarily. There's no continuum. That's why we're in this bad shape. You try to outperform the other person. Take it easy. The shade is complaining. Uh, this sun has been on. He has not gotten to me. He's coming. Let's read further. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea where, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Tell your neighbor, God is a God of boundary. You must know your territory. I'm coming back to teach spiritual maturity and spiritual jurisdiction. You must know your territory or you die before your time. You must know your territory. God is a God of boundary. I hear churches preach. No more limits. You will die before your time. Do you understand me? No more limits. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey. God is a God of boundary. Within your boundary, it's given it to you. You have responsibilities. You have obligations. So you have privileges too. But outside of that territory, you will self-destruct. Let me go to point number seven. Point number seven is important. Brothers and sisters, I've given you point number six. You are not listening. I read it out for you. (laughs) Point number seven. Brothers and sisters, is it not surprising that God had to announce to Joshua that Moses is dead and Joshua did not even try to assume leadership? He knew Moses was going. Do you understand me? And Moses would not have left without saying, bye Joshua. 
He saw him climb alone for God to kiss him goodnight. Because sickness did not kill Moses. Death did not kill Moses. Even Satan did not know where he was buried. Nobody knew. Moses died according to the word of the Lord. And Moses will be raised according to the word of the Lord. Because if the word of the Lord kills a man, the word of the Lord will raise him up. Moses, I mean, Joshua will be assuming. Because he did not know what happened on mountaintop. He did not know whether it was a setup or a test. So he had to wait for God to announce and say, Now, Moses, uh, Joshua, I see that you have waited patiently. You didn't jump up and say, Okay, what you go kill up? I'm forming my own cabinet. I'm forming my own council. <laughs> Any ring on here to fake up by Luel or any to teach on Uncle Ayelaba Ayela Fisilesi Durona Wayrewo. Okay, he waited for God to announce Moses, my servant, is dead. Many years ago, a very energetic preacher within our family here, we gave responsibility to that person. And the first, I was not dead. I'm still here now. The first workers meeting, as we call them, that she conducted, she said, well, she opened to Joshua chapter 1. You are laughing because you are all there. She opened to Joshua chapter 1 and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. I want you to know that I'm not Pastor Bakari. Do you understand this? And the way I do my own things will be different. Blah, 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 blah. He told them. Then I came back, and some of them were so angry, and they came to me. This person you have put in charge, this is what he said. Remove as a me. I don't remove. Wait. Be patient. And the day came when the person was to step out. So the day came when the person was to step out of ministry to start her own ministry. And I said, I should pray for her. Oh, now I've, I've used, uh, so you know he's a woman. Okay. I pray. And, I, and I stood here. I never reacted to what she said. And I said, open your Bible with me to Joshua chapter 1. And I began to read from verse 7. Hello. Joshua 1. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. So where do you get your own instruction from and authority from when you say you are different from Moses, you are different from this one, I cannot continue, I am different? It's because you carry another spirit. And I rebuked, and I corrected, and I restored, and I released. Because I would never curse anyone who has walked with me. Why did Joshua have to wait for God to announce to him that Moses is dead? He was not there. He did not see. 
Assumption is the lowest level of knowledge. Number eight. Although Joshua was full of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him, he did not have full authority yet. That's why he must wait for God to call him. He did not have full authority yet. He had some authority. Brothers and sisters, if the leader steps out or steps up, because you do not know sometimes when a leader steps out, it's because he's stepping up. <laughs> oh, you don't understand this. The leader, it's not because he's going to die, it's because he's stepping up. If the leader steps out or steps up, and quality replacement is not put in place, it may either lead to succession war or savage wolves will step in because nature abhors vacuum. Look at Acts of the Apostles chapter 20. Acts of the Apostles chapter 20. Beginning from verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Therefore, t- take heed to yourselves. This was Paul about to go. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this that after my departure, he was not dead yet. After my departure, savage wolves will come in among you. Not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. He has a verdict against himself, cannot stand. You know, I told you a long time ago that Chile to combat Toro. Chile to combat Toro. Chile to combat Toro. Omwale to wambe o Dagbani. In Judges chapter 8, Abimelech, the son of concubine, his father Gideon, you know, my friends who are part of Gideon's International, they don't like me to tell them this story. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I'll drop that. Gideon had a concubine. The concubine had a child. That concubine's son killed the 70 sons of Gideon in one day, except one who escaped. He went to his own brothers and took money and began to assassinate his brothers because their father did not put succession in place. Hey, my children were born by the same woman. Nothing will happen. Hey, Cain killed Abel. If you don't put your house in order, you will see that (laughs) those who are really hell-bent to make sure they corner everything will kill the others. But if you are wise, if you find yourself in justice, just leave it for them. Because you can have yours. I told my children, Nobody remember to even leave a cap. 
for me. Me nothing. But all that they sold when I was a little child, we bought back. Do you understand me? You either pursue legacy or you pursue inheritance. Don't just try to leave inheritance for your children. Give them what produce what you are living. Teach them diligence. Teach them hard work. Don't overpamper them that they are waiting for you to die. And then they will share crocodile tears. They are, they are just waiting for your will to be read. If you left one, many of you will die in testing because you don't plan. I have no shares in any company in the world. Do I have shares in Wema? No. I don't buy shares. I have enough shares in my house. I don't buy shares. <laughs> I have a company of two. There are only seven directors. I'm the chair. My wife is a five chair, vice chair. The remaining five children are equal owners. 10, 10, 10%. So they have 50. My wife has 20. I have 30. The day I die, my 30 goes to my wife so that they will not vote her out. She has 50. <laughs> and when she dies, she leaves the 50 for them so that they can share it 10, 10, 10. Everybody will have 20, 20. See, my life is not complicated. Complicated at all. Huh? I need 51 not to be. She needs 51 not to be voted out. Look on They say you need 51. I know who I will take one from. Now, I know who I will take one from. I give to you until he pays me because he owes me. I'll leave it that way. Very simple. I wrote my will at the age of 30. 30. Now all I'm adding now is courtesy. That's all. You see, my mother prepared for death. That's why death ran and left her alone. When I slumped in 2015, out of exhaustion, my friend Dr. Nifade came after I returned home. He said, this is a great opportunity. Is there anything you would have wished or you would have done that you have not done that you need to do? And I looked at him in the face, nothing. If I step out of here today, including how the next leader will emerge, is already settled. Do you understand? You are not dealing with a, a riffraff. <laughs> That's Dr. Nifadi who asked me the question. Did you not ask me? He said, uh, are there things you should have said? I said, because see, you, want, you, you should look at yourself and see whether you have done your own. <laughs> you know, among Igbo families especially, the husband dies, the younger brother comes in, kicks the woman out. Uh, in 1983, I did a series for three days for Deeper Life. The law and the Christian in a lawless age. If they still have the tape, go and gather them. I wrote the creation of value in 1995 or so, and I put that specimen of a wheel 
How to write your own will. If Jesus had not left a will, Kai, <laughs> Who did Jesus leave the church for? Huh? He left the church for the Holy Spirit. He said he left it for Peter. I believe Peter Lower. Peter. Peter to deny. Peter swear. Did Jesus leave his mother with Peter? Oh. <laughs> Number nine. This is the scary part of the message. The evil that befalls greedy successors who cannot delay gratification. The evil that befalls greedy successors who cannot delay gratification and other delegated authorities who like to usurp more power. Like you have in the prophetic progression with the likes of Gehazi, who inherited the leprosy of Naaman, and usurpers like Dathan, Korah, and Abram, so you have it in apostolic succession with the likes of Judas Iscariot and Demas. In Acts chapter 1, verse 15 to 25, you see how Peter stood up and said, the bishopric of Judas must be taken by another person because the son of perdition has gone to his own place. He exercised authority in the life of Jesus. He was ordained, he was anointed, he was an apostle, he was sent out. But he sold his master for 30 pieces of silver. Demas's situation is even much more complex than that. You know, because he started well. But he finished poorly because he loved uh, the pleasures of this world. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, or 9 and 10. Second Timothy 4, 9 and 10. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For demons has forsaken me, having loved this present world. It simply means the standards of righteousness were now abrogated by him. The standards of holiness, the standard of diligence and discipline. He loves this present world. This present world is not parting. It's not that he has gone skating. No. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the law, in the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. This man is no longer operating in faith. Because, you know, it, 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 it takes discipline to walk in faith. So Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Greedy successors and delegated authorities that cannot delay gratification will usurp authority or they will abandon you at critical moments. But that is the downsize. There's a, a, a wonderful side of this story, which is my number 10. God will not allow good leaders to die suddenly without putting succession in place. He won't. You can start from Abraham, go to Isaac, go to Jacob. They all knew when death was approaching. 
They all knew when it was about time. God actually told Abraham, you will die and join your answer in an old, ripe age. Nothing could change that. Isaac knew when his time was around the corner. He sent Esau to go bring him some venison. Jacob knew when he was about to die. He gathered the sons. He said, gather yourselves together, you sons of Jacob, and began to tell them what will befall them. Many of us don't talk to our children. We have no succession in place. We just do things haphazardly, and we die and chaos erupts. I want to use two scriptures or four scriptures that, to pray, and we bring this to a close. I want to show you what Peter said. I want to show you what Paul said. And I want to share with you what I'm saying. (laughs) What did Paul say? Or shall we start with Peter? First come, first serve. Let's check Peter on this issue of not dying accidentally. Listen to Peter. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. I love to begin from the beginning, but time will not permit me. I will start from verse twelve. Second Peter chapter one, verse twelve. He says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know. And I establish in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. Knowing that shortly, I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I'll be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after I will all be careful to ensure that succession. I'll be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my disease. I said, but once it's gone, it's gone. No, you put things in place. I will ensure that your standards are maintained. Do you understand this? That after my disease, you will not forget these things. We gather here together to celebrate my mother today. She's gone. But the values she taught me will never be forgotten. When I, we were preparing this book, I was going to give you free as party park. And it was her granddaughter, Olubu, that said, Dad, the values of Mama should not be in a party park. They'll just take it home. Let's, celib- let's find a day. And there's no better day than today. Because if you are alive today, today is our birthday. She would have been 109 today, October 28. It's deliberate. Do you understand me? So when I put in your hand the values my mother taught me, I'm passing a legacy to people she may never meet. That's why the book is titled, The Woman Who Saw the Future, Valuable Lessons My Mother Taught Me. Let's listen to Paul. Paul the Apostle. Listen to him. Paul the Apostle. Second Timothy, chapter number four, verse six to eight. Second Timothy, chapter four, six to eight. 
He reads and I quote, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. They knew when the, the time was near. They didn't just die suddenly. That's not our portion. You are not an accident. You will not die in an accident. His blood was shed for us. Yours will not be spilled. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is the summary of all that I've shared today. Success without succession is failure. The Yoruba say, success without succession is failure so i will want you to pray with me and this is what i'm saying to you psalm 37 verse number four is critical for you to understand this so that you can look inward and begin to put your house in order for whether you like it or not the day will come when the trumpet will sound for you personally Psalm 37 verse number 4. Psalm 39 verse number 4. I beg your pardon. 39 4. Psalm 39 verse number 4. Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. Read that with me. Lord, make me to know my end. What is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? Young people deceive themselves. We still have time. That's a lie the devil tells many people. Your peace deceive themselves. We still have time. Do you understand me? Lord, make me to know my end. God wants to reveal. Say with me, Lord, make me to know my end that I may know how frail I am. Man at his very best is but vapor. I want you to pray that prayer. I don't want to die suddenly. Make me to know my end. So I can put my house in order. I can order my life aright. And I will not leave behind crisis and chaos. In the name of Jesus Christ. There is a pattern for succession. We can all learn from it. We can all borrow from it. We can all live by the same standard. So that we do not create a mess when we step out. Thank you Father. In Jesus mighty name. One more scripture. I think Job is another person we should learn from because he learned his lessons and put his house in order. Job 42, verse 12 to 17. Job 42, 12 to 17. I pray a second prayer and we close. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. Someone may say, what is he doing with all this? Is he eating lamb chops? Give me that verse back. He had what? 14,000 sheep. That's a wool factory. That's what they make clothes from. He had 6,000 camels. That's transportation in the wilderness, in the desert. He had 1,000 yoke of oxen. Do you understand me? That's for agriculture. He had 1,000 female donkeys. That's cargo business. 
carry load. The, you know, the man was having multi stream, multiple streams of income. Let, 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 let's read further. Now the Lord blessed, he also had seven sons and three daughters. I thought the Bible says the Lord doubled everything he had. He had three sons, I mean, he had seven sons and three daughters at the beginning, and now he still had seven sons and three daughters. Is that double? Yes, because the ones he had before in heaven and the ones on another here, your children will not be lost. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's read further. And he called the name of the first Jemima, the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapok. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. This is the vital lesson that we can get from Job. That now. No. They must also have an inheritance amongst their brothers. Who told you that a, a, a male son is better than a, a, a male child is better than a female child? Where do you get that from? And read the rest of the story. Beautiful. After this job leave, it was one year trial. After this job leave, 140 years, and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. That's where I'm going. Do you? That's where I'm going. Do you understand me? That's where I'm going. For four generations. He saw four generations. He, he set things in order. I want you to pray. God, give me wisdom to put my house in order, to put my life in order, so I can see my children's children to the fourth generation in case the Lord tarries. I thank you, Father, this morning and this afternoon for this lesson in succession. Thank you for helping us to put our house in order, to train our children, to train our families, to put things in order so that we do not leave a mess and chaos behind in the name of Jesus. I thank you, my Father, my God, in Jesus' mighty name. I told my children, never look at what I have. Seek to beat my record before I go. Because I beat my parents' records. And when my second daughter came one day to me, said, Dad, I've beaten your record. Do you remember that? I said, Dad, I've beaten your record. I said, My record? I said, I've beaten your record. You've beaten my record. Which record did you beat? He said, You were 30 when you made your first million. I am not 30 yet. And I've made my first million. And I want to give it to you. <laughs> you understand me? My children must beat my record before I go. Or else I've shortchanged them. I beat the record of my father. I beat the record of my mother. My children must be greater than I am. The same thing is true of the congregation. You must be greater than I am. Lift your hands to heaven as we pray today. Lord, we do not want old age that is akin to shipwreck. We want to live long in health. Live long with wealth. Live long be a blessing to humanity and serving God all the days of our lives. Father, I thank you this day that all those who have heard this word will prosper by it. They will not leave any cares or mess behind. They will see their children's children to the fourth generation in Jesus' mighty name. And the people said, Amen. Thanks so much for listening. 
we have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. I pray that the Word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.